there are 39 milahot which constitute forms of work forbidden on the Sabbath. It's the why behind the way we do the things we do. Join Rabbi Musha Schnurb now for Hilchos Shabbos, only on 101.9 High FM. Hi FM, soul to soul on your radio, Erev Shabbos Kodesh, Parshas Vo'era Tov Shin Dalit, and a very, very warm welcome to all of our radio family. Thank you so, so much for taking the time, for making the effort to find Chai FM, to listen to Chai FM, and to be part of the amazing radio that goes on here, especially during this soul to soul slot <coughs> between one and three Every weekday afternoon, we're so glad you're taking the time to join us and be part of our of our program. As always, our learning today is going to be dedicated, the Rafur Shalema, to the following people: uh, uh, Yosef Geshen ben Taiba, Simcha ben Gitigeta, Simcha Chana Hakoyin ben Frida, ben Yosef ben Sipira, Shlema ben Yomin ben Shashana Pesa, Yitzchak Yehuda ben Miriam, and Shlema Leib ben Etel. B'soich Shara Chorli Yisrael may tackle all the Chorim. Those here, those who are overseas, are who are who are fighting and defending and the honor and the covet of of Eretz Yisrael, and never, never, so many of them are, are injured. May they all talk have in the schus of Alim that they should all have a, gone their way towards an absolute and total refuschleim. Pasha Sayra, the Pasha of the Marcus, Kadosh Baruch Hu tells. Moshe Abeno tells Emol Aaron, <coughs> say to Aaron, Neteyes Matcha, raise up your staff, and smite the dust of the earth, and it's going to be lice uh, in all of Mitzrayim. Rashi explains that like the plague of Dam and Sardaya, the blood and frogs, Moshe could not catalyze this particular flag, just as the water had protected him as an infant, so the dust of the land protected him when he used it to conceal the Egyptian that he had killed. To smite the earth would have been an act of ingratitude on his part. And this begs elucidation. The water saved Moshe. End of story. Right? His basket was placed in the water and remained there until Abyssia, Paro's daughter, discovered it. The dust of the earth's protection was very, very short-lived since it did not successfully hide the Egyptian's body, thus compelling Moshe Rabbeinu to run for his life. Is there a reward for short-lived or almost failed Good intentions. So, Harav Isaac Ospens, that's all, derives from here that the Chiyav obligation of Akora Satoiv, of showing gratitude, to maintain a sense of, of gratitude, extends to all situations, <coughs> even when the benefits do not endure. Thus, 
if the benefactor's action only served as a vehicle to, to delay the, the inevitable, even though obviously it happened afterwards, we must still feel a debt of gratitude and repay that, that debt. Perhaps we might take this lesson a bit further. You know, one of the sort of peeves we find in, in the field of Chinuch, as mentioned this year, this week, many of the schools are starting again, and it's worthwhile raising this, both in, both in terms of the Kodesh and the general, the general studies, is the, the sort of the primary teacher who becomes kind of lost in the shuffle. You know, in the larger scheme of the educational structure. You know, it's the, the Rebbe who teaches Alephes is replaced by the Chumash and then the Mishnayis Rebbe, right, who sees his young student then go on to study Gemara. Once the student goes on to Yeshiva, so then the primary school Rebbe, he is history and he's no longer even recognized unless... Either he's a superstar of the sort of the, the student had, or the student had sort of serious learning issues, which he kind of uh, uh, helped in such a case. So then his contribution is duly noted. But if, however, a rabbit just does his job well, he's for the most part nothing more than a feature in a young man's history. Unless he's very friendly with his student's parents, he will probably not be invited to his wedding. Why? We forget that every teacher or Rebbe from primary school all the way through yeshiva or, or sem plays a crucial role in, in shaping the fundamentals for our child's success. This is 11.9, Chai FM. The program is Soul to Soul. We'll be back in a moment with so much more. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Musha Schnurb, only on 101.9 Chai FM. 11.9 Chai FM. This is Soul to Soul on your radio. Erev Shabbos, Kodesh Parshas, Voeira, Tov, Shin, Pei, Dali, Rabbi Moshe Shnurbi, a warm, warm welcome. Thank you for joining us today as we get ready to learn about some beautiful things in the Parsha that we have this week to educate ourselves, to prepare ourselves, and to allow us to, as we say, to always share these ideas at the table. It's not just for your own edification. Talk about them to your family. If you have a chance, even sit down with a pen and pencil and write a few notes so that you can share these divrei Torah with, with, your, with your family. So in these weeks, particularly last week, this week, next week, we're learning about the whole uh, story of Yitzhak Mitzrayim, of the Exodus from Egypt. And this tremendous, tremendous importance given to the learning of the whole story of Yitzhak Mitzrayim. In fact, the the Chedush Yarim, the first Gerebbe, says that every single person must learn the story of Yitzhak Mitzrayim as you're learning, in the same way as you put all your efforts into understanding Gemara, into understanding the arguments that are written, he says, between Abaya 
and and Rava in the in the Gemara, so too you have to put the same amount of effort to try to understand the intricacies and the miracles that took place in 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 Yitzias in Yitzias Mitzrayim. In fact, uh, the Noam Melech brings down that the 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 schooler of talking about the whole Sipa Yitzias Mitzrayim is that it brings God, it brings down the 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 spirit of 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 taking revenge against all the enemies of the Jewish nation. In fact, he says the pasuk says the second pasuk in next week's pasha says, "Ulaman and you'll be able to tell over and place in the ears of your child. And and he says. That since when Hakadosh Baruch Hu, in His great great compassion, will do miracles for Klai Yisrael, right? One time, many times, and Hakadosh Baruch Hu will take revenge for them from all of their enemies. So when we think about that and we learn about it and we and we integrate it, then that arouses in Shemayim again Hashem's mercy for us. And it'll help, even in the future, it'll help in every single generation, <laughs> and our generation even more than any, when the Jewish nation needs to take revenge from whatever enemy it might be, who's standing over us and, and persecuting us and, and, and hurting us and, and causing us to have to live life not as, as we want to, to make our, our, our yoke uh, heavy. And, and to dominate and control us, be it a, a government or a king. So then HaKadosh Baruch Hu, if we, if we uh, can arouse that mercy by learning again and again these parashiyas, Hashem arouses Hashem's mercy to take revenge against them. Since it's already, it already was aroused, that Rachamim, when it came to Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, so that already is it's in potential it's in the air it just needs to be used to, you just need to sort of press press the button and that's the concept of that's why you must keep telling it over tell your children tell everyone you have an influence over how I played with the Egyptians and when he says when you tell over this story again you will arouse that same mercy, that same compassion that Hashem had for us then, He'll have for us again. And He'll take revenge for you from whatever enemies that they're not able to, 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 to hurt you and not able to oppress you any, any, uh, any, anymore. That's the words already of the Noyim Animelech. The, the Bnei Socher in Abedekala also says that there is a special koyach, a special energy in telling over this the story of, of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim to raise an energy of HaKadosh Baruch Hu bringing more and more nisa, more and more miracles for Klai He says, if it happens, Chas V'Shalom, that there's a tzara in Klai some kind of a terrible, terrible difficulty like we're going through now, so it, it's very, very helpful when we mention and we tell over the miracles of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, which is, the, which is inclusive of all other miracles, that creates the potential for many, many more miracles to happen, to happen for, 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 for us. Right? The Alexanderov brings 
on the uh, the the tremendous tremendous hashboys, the tremendous uh, outpourings of good things that came to Klaiso through the Makas in 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 Mitzrayim. So therefore, just by us telling over all the story of the Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, so again, we bring down that same energy, that same hashpa, that same incredible outpouring of HaKadosh Baruch, whose goodness comes to us each time we tell over the stories. And again, he brings on this possible, so you'll tell it over into the, into the years, you'll, you'll drum it into the consciousness of, of your children. Says, because I heard, says from my from my uh, uh, teacher, right, the Rebbe from Bashrisa, says that it's well known that all the makas that affected the 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 uh, the Egyptians were in fact a healing salve for Klaiso. In fact, it says by makas dumb that all of Klaiso were healed from the uh, from uh, from hemorrhoid uh, type of, of 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 diseases right and women who didn't have a a regular uh, 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 cycle so they, that they, that was uh, fixed up they had a normal cycle and vimakas Tzvadea, Klaiso was was healed from uh, having any any sort of worm diseases right and it's possible to say that uh, 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 when it says that uh, that uh, uh, Paro uh, hardened his heart and the hearts of his servants, so when when that happened, so Klaiso were 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 healed from all kinds of physical and emotional diseases, and they were strengthened in their amuna of Akadosh and their hearts became became strong in 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 their amuna in in of Akadosh and in in the tzaddikim. And it says, "Vayaminu b'Hashem They believed both in Hakadosh Baruch Hu and in and in Moshe, and and uh, they became strengthened, and they and they they sort of really inculcated into their depth the Amuno in Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and in and and that was then passed on to their children until the end of of the of the generation. That's what it means. Leman Tesaper, give over all of those lessons to our to our our, our children. And uh, the Medrash actually brings, uh, explains the Apostle, Apostle and Pashas Ekev, that says, Hamasai the great uh, signs, Ashero and Nechel, that you saw yourself, Oisus, Amosim, the wonders, Vayodach Azok, Hashem's strong hand, Vayodach Azoyan Atuyan, Hashem's outstretched arm, Asher Atziach Hashem Nakech, that Hashem used to take you out of Mitzrayim. So HaKadosh Baruch will do to all the other nations that you are afraid of them. So he says, what, what are the Oisais? So the Rabbanon say in the Medrash that these were actually almost like uh, imprinted on their bodies. It actually was a physical reminder they had of the miracles that they, that they, uh, that they had. In fact, in the introduction to the Pirkei Rabbi Loza, so it's brought there. You know, we say in the in the Haggadah 
So Rabbi Yehuda, Simon and Rabbi Yehuda, and referring to the Esamakas, used to give mnemonics. The Tzach, Adash, Bachav. And of course, all this forum asks, well, what are we learning from that? It's just a simple, if it's a simple acronym, why do we have to be told that? So he says, no, it doesn't mean that. What it means is, I Mem Simonim. That HaKadosh actually emblazoned the letters of the Esamakas, the Tzach, Adash, Bachav, on the bodies of the Egyptians that they would never ever forget it. In fact, the Medrash says, the Medrash Abbasi says in, in Kisavi, what are the Oisais? That the Makas were actually written on the bodies of the Mitzvah, the Tzachadash Abafab. And now that we understand what the, what the Baal Haggadah says, when it says, Rabbi Yudah, are you noisim? means HaKadosh Baruch Hu placed in the Mitzvah themselves these Simonim of there's much more to say. We'll be back in a moment with much, much more. In the meantime, this is 101.9. The program is Chai program. is Soul to Soul. This is Chai FM. And we'll be back in a moment. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Musha Schnurb. Only on 101.9 Chai FM. 101.9 Chai FM. This is Soul to Soul. On your radio air of Shabbos Kedish. Parshas Bo'era Tov Shin Pei Dalid. We are talking about the Eser Makas, and we've spoken about the impression that the Makas need to us. In fact, just to summarize, basically we can say that there are three different levels of emuna in HaKadosh Baruch Hu. One is, I guess we would call intellectual emuna, where a person in his seichel, in his intellect, understands and, and is able to sort of get his mind around that there's nothing else in the world besides HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Above that is emuna that actually has penetrated into the person's heart. That the imamish, he actually can feel with the feelings of his heart, the emuna in Hashem. And even above that is where it's gone so far into the person that even the limbs of the person already feel that HaKadosh Baruch Hu knows and is aware everything of a person of a person does and everything that a person thinks and HaKadosh Baruch Hu's control of all of all of that. And as we're saying, a, a, a Yid who tells over the story of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim merits that these makas should be engraved in his very body and literally on, on his flesh. In other words, that the emuna that comes through telling over the story of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim actually goes so far through his mind, through his neshama, to his very, very bones. And, and, and the emuna is not only an intellectual thing or not even a feeling, but it's actually something that is actually palpable and physical in, in, in a person and, and it, it creates a situation where a person is, is not able to do anything against the will of Hashem. He has a full understanding of how incredible and how overarching is the hashkacha of the, is the involvement of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and the knowledge of HaKadosh Baruch Hu about everything we do. Now, when we were in kindergarten, so the proverbial Mororifki always told us that the only the Egyptians suffered from the Esamakas. And the Jews who were in Mitzrayim and in Goshen were not touched at all. And in fact, that is the opinion of the Rambam in his Perisham Shnais in Mesech in Perikei. 
he explains what does it mean? Asara Nisim Nasul Ten miracles were done for our forefathers in Mitzrayim. And he the Rambam explains, but the Essenisim that were done to our fathers in Mitzrayim was the fact that they were saved from the Eser Makas. And since each Maka was unique against the Mitzrayim and, and didn't touch the, the, the Jews at all, so that's a miracle. A miracle when something doesn't happen is without question a, a, a miracle. And in fact, the, the, the Torah tells us by each one of the Makas that HaKadosh Baruch Hu brought on, on the Mitzrayim, it says that that uh, that uh, the, the Jews would not affect it. With the exception, he says, of the Makkah of Kinim, of, of, uh, of Lice, right? Where the, where the Torah doesn't make any distinction between the Mitzrim and, and, the, and the Jews. But he says, it's well known that Kaiser were not punished by the Kinim, but th- there were Kinim sort of Around them, but they, they weren't. They didn't didn't cause them any discomfort or any or any pain. The fact that there were that there were these, these kingdom around them, and in fact, the other chachamim uh, explained like that. But the other makas, right there, it's very very clear. By Adam, it says. The Egyptians were not able to drink water from Baya, uh, 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 which seems to imply that the damage was only to the the Egyptians. By by Tzvadeya it says, Uvo it's gonna to come to your house and into your bedroom, right? By the uh, by the wild beasts. It says, Vifleis by Hashem is going to make a distinction between Eretz Goshen. Goshen is going to be different. No Arav. Right? By Dever, by the pestilence, it says, Not a single one of the Jewish cattle died. And by Shechin, by boils, it says, The boils were on the, on the, on the magicians and on all of the Egyptians. And by borrowed by hail, it says, However, in Geretz Goshen, where the Bnei Yisrael were, there was no hail. And by Arbe, by the, uh, 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 by the grasshoppers, it says, The Arbe spread all over the land of Egypt. And by Choshech, by darkness, it says, all the Jews had light in their dwelling places. So that's the opinion of the, of the Rambam. That's except for Kinim, which slightly kind of they were aware of, but it didn't even really bother them. None of the other Makas affected the Jews. On the other hand, we have the Eben Ezra, who brings down the Imperic Zion, Pasuk Haftalid. He says a tremendous, tremendous Chishkarl. He says, according to my opinion, that the mark of Dam, Blood, Svadea, and Kinim included both the Egyptians and the Jews. Because uh, the Psukim says, he says, by those first three markers, by Dam, Svadea, and, and, uh, and, and Kinim, it did hurt them a little bit. And it was only from Makas Arov and onwards, which were very, very difficult Makas. 
So there, Hakadosh Baruch Hu made a distinction between the Jewish nation and and the and the and the Egyptians. In other words, the Eben Ezra is 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 being very exact from the point of Sukkim that the Torah only uh, uh, says the only time the first time that the Torah makes an absolute distinction between the Jews and the and the and the Mitzrayim was by the Makkah of, of the mixed piece. There it says. This uh, uh, specifically, the distinction that was made between the Jews and the Mitzrayim. Replaced by Yom, I'm going to make a distinction between Eretz Goshen, where my people are. The Vilti There's not going to be any wild beast there. so that you'll know Hashem that I am Hashem in 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 the midst of the land. So therefore, uh, uh, he says, yes, it's true that all the Makas mainly affected the Egypts. So why does the Torah delay and, and, and from stressing the, the the distinction between the Jews and the Shem? Why does it delay and only mention it by Makas Arav? So, so he says, for right from the first Maka, it should have said that HaKadosh Baruch Hu affected only the Egyptians and not and not, not the Jews. And therefore, the Ebenezer is of the opinion that HaKadosh Baruch Hu did smite the Egyptians, right, in, in, in various stages. In the first stage, the, the Maka affected the Mitzrayim, right, in, in, and, and in a lesser degree, the, the Jews. In the second uh, 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 sort of level. So then only the Egyptians were affected. And, and thus Paro understood that he needs to sort of lighten up the, the, the suffering of, of, of the Jews or, 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 uh, or as we'd say, uh, uh, now it's, uh, it's logical that Paro began to, to lighten the, the servitude of the Jewish nation when he saw once HaKadosh Baruch Hu made a distinction, clear distinction, between the Jews and the Egyptians, he understood that only he was being punished. Now, the Radvaz, Radovid ben Zimra, he, Mama, she goes to war almost against the Pshat of, of the Ebenezer. And he brings there in, in the Shutravaz in, in, in Chelek Beis, he says, that which the Eben Ezra brings, that the Mak of Dam and Svadea and Kinim affected the, the, the Mitzrim and the Jews, says, It's forbidden to believe this at all. And, and the Ravaz uh, uh, is of the opinion that the Eben Ezra is making a mistake in understanding the Psukim because it's actually, he says, explicit in every Maka that the attack was only against the Mitzrayim. In fact, he says, by, 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 uh, by Dam, it says, by Yachbru kol Mitzrayim sevivais hayar. All of Mitzrayim dug around the or, right? Lishtais uh, uh, to be able to drink. They were not able to drink from the Nile. It says even more than that. Chazal understood that not only that did what did uh, the mark of blood not affect the Jewish nation at all, but even the the these these uh, miracles actually benefited, right? Uh, the Jewish the Jewish nation, as, as the Medrash as the Medrash Rabbi says says Rav Oven, right? Halevi says he says that Marcus Dam made the Jewish nation very, very wealthy, right? Because we had an Egyptian and a Jew who lived in one house, 
right? And the barrel was full of water. And if the, if the Egyptian went to fill up his cup from, from that barrel, he would find that it was full of, of blood. And the Yid was drinking water from the same barrel. But when he would purchase it from the Yid, he paid money for the water, then he was able to drink water. So we see that from this, the Jews became very, very wealthy. Not only weren't they affected by the Makkah, so he says, they actually gained from it. So we have a strong question against Ebenezer. How are we going to sort of defend the, the, the Ebenezer? So perhaps he says we can make a distinction between the, the, uh, the Makkahs that affected and even uh, 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 killed uh, living organisms and, and people, let's say the, the wild beasts or the, or the hail, right, where we know Kaiso was not affected at all, but those Marcus that caused uh, uh, pain, that caused discomfiture, that caused all kinds of, 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 of difficulty for Mitzrayim. So there too, maybe we can say that the Yidin were at least a little bit uh, affected, even though it's it's uh, it's logical to say that they were affected to a much lesser degree than the Egyptians, <clears throat> than the Egyptians were, and perhaps the reason would be that also Am Yisrael were at least touched, were at least affected from those makas, because the very very first meeting that took place. <clears throat> between Moshe Rabbeinu and the, the Jewish nation. So it says there, that Moshe Rabbeinu said over all the things he had heard from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but say, the fall, the shyness of, of Gula and the promises of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And it says, they couldn't listen to Moshe. Because of their shortness of breath, because of the terrible, terrible hard work they, they, uh, they had. And, and the, the, in fact, the Sforna explains that the Kaban is, is, is to be taken in its simplest form, that they couldn't listen because of, of the difficult uh, 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 service that they, they were doing. But, however, in the Medrash it brings, Rabbi Yehuda ben Becerra Emer, it says, it says, they didn't listen to Moshe, because of their shortness of breath. He says, he says, I don't understand. You have a person who's been given this most amazing, amazing news. You're about, you're, you're in jail now, you're in prison now, you're being enslaved now. I'm going to take you out. How can it be that a person would hear such news and not be overjoyed and not be in a state of real, of real simcha, right? Uh, you suddenly hear that uh, uh, you, had a, you, had, you had a child, right? Or, or that your, your Rebbe is going to take you out of, of freedom. How can you not be, how can you not be happy? So therefore, you want to know, why does it say, they didn't listen to Moshe? It says, must be, says the Medrash, it was difficult for them to tear themselves away, to separate themselves from the idol worship in which they, they, were, they were involved. 
In other words, the Jewish nation at that point was was submerged, was absolutely involved, as involved almost as the Egyptians, in 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 serving various foreign deities in Nawal Zara. Right? And 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 many, many years passed, and they, they had already become completely inculcated and, and completely submerged, completely involved in, in, in the Egyptian lifestyle and the Egyptian uh, culture. Right, which is uh, very, very much made up of of, uh, of various different types of of, of Adizara. Right, remember there was there was there was a a, a younger generation. Yes, uh, there were people who who came down to Mitzrayim together with Yaakov, and of course they came with a belief system. They came with the value system, with the beliefs, with the Musa, with the Ashkafa of, of Yaakov, and that certainly would have held them in good in good stead. But that generation, that whole generation died. And, and it wasn't only that generation, it was generations after that. We're talking about 210 years they spent. That's a whole bunch of generations. There were people who had no inkling, no connection at all to Yaakov Avinu Yosef HaTzadik. And they were raised in the, in, in the sort of the flesh pots of, uh, of, uh, of, of Mitzrayim, that whole atmosphere of Avayi Zarah. And, and uh, you know, what does it say? The, that that uh, these things become habit. These things become second, second nature. And therefore, there was some need to somehow uh, uh, get the yidin to sort of wake up and smell the coffee, and and therefore some need to also slightly, at least, discipline the Jewish nation also, in order that they should understand that this is not their place. Mitzrayim is not their home. They're not meant to be here, and that's and there is and, and that there is a, a tremendous distinction between a yid, between a Yehudi, and between a, a non-Jew, right? A, 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 a non-Jew has many sort of markers as, as, as you hit him with. He still will continue to, to stick to his, to his Avayda Zara, right? But it's, it's different. By, by a Yid, you give him a little smack and that already can, can, can wake him up, that already can shake him up and, and, and to cause him to abandon the, the Avayda Zara and to come back and, and connect himself to, to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And therefore, perhaps we can come now and answer the Rambam. The Rambam said that the mark of Kinim, the mark of lies, also affected the Jewish nation. And again, the question is, what's the difference? If, if, if the Rambam's basic sheet is that Kleisel were completely uh, 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 you know, purged and, and completely uh, clean from the Makkas. So why is it specifically the Maka of, of Kinim that would have affected them? Why is it different? Manishtana, Makkas. Why is this Maka different from all the other Makkas that this one specifically affected the Jewish nation? So perhaps it, it says by the, uh, the Maka of, of Kinim, so that was the first time even the, the, the magicians of, of Paro recognized and they said, this must be the finger of Hashem because they could not duplicate or produce the kingdom that Moshe Rabbeinu uh, 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 produced. And therefore, a, a, when a Yid hears, ah, there's a Kodesh there's a distinction between a Yid and a Mitzvah because Am Yisrael 
right? When they heard this, heard, yeah, something that the Avodah can't do. So that already caused them to abandon the Avodah Zohar. Oh, there's nothing to We see there's things, there's HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We have to return to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And it was only the Egyptians who just remained in their state of uh, obliqueness, in their state of, of Tumah, and continued to serve the, the, uh, the Avodah Zohar. You know, so the first of the ten makas was the makah of, of blood. And Rashi brings... What's the reason that the first Makkah was that the R, the the, uh, the Nile River, turned into into blood? It says the chime served the Nile. Therefore, Hakadosh Baruch Hu first uh, punished their so-called gods and then punished punished them. It seems difficult though, because by by Ara, by the Makkah of the of the many beasts in Perches Pasach Paro gives permission to Moshe Rabbeinu to bring Korbanus, but in Eretz Mitzrayim, but he can't, they can't go out to the desert as Moshe wanted. And Moshe refuses because uh, can we uh, 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 sacrifice the, the gods of the Egyptians from the eyes? But well, they're not going to stone us, right? And and uh, and the explanation is that since Mitzrayim served sheep, they would have protested had the Jews gone and checked them. So I don't understand. Is there God the Nile or is there God sheep? Which one is it? So one of the, one of the Shonim answers. They had many gods. Every person served the God that he needed. If you were involved in sheep, then you served the the sheep uh, uh, God, right? Uh, if you were a farmer, then you served the Nile. So therefore, we can say, Paro, who made himself a god and said, Leori, I made the, I made the or. So therefore, it follows that all the government officials, all people that were associated with Paro, worshipped Paro. Paro himself was was a uh, was a, uh, a, a a god. This helps us understand a medrash that says that Paro himself was not affected. By Makastam. Makastam was a Kalishbrochu taking revenge against the Nile. Paro did not see the Nile as a god. Paro saw the Nile as something that fell under his control, and therefore there was no point in punishing him. But since he didn't see it as a reason to become more humble, when it came to the frogs, there it says specifically the plague began from Paro because. Paro was the most arrogant. If Paro was a god, then he also had to be punished first. This is one one nine five M. The program is Soul to Soul. We'll be back in a moment with our Hilchos Shabbos slot. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on one hundred one point nine High FM. One one point nine High FM. Soul to Soul. Back on your way to Erev Shabbos. Kodesh Parshas Voira. Tough Shin. Pay Dalel. For those who are joining us now, a warm, warm welcome. Thank you for making the effort to put on your radio or device, wherever you might be, and listen to, to us. Welcome back, those who have been away. We're all, Baruch Hashem, I think back in, in Johannesburg, getting ready to start a, a, a new year. I think this year, every, this week, everything sort of starts up again, and it's great to have you all back. Please, please, I welcome any kind of feedback, any ideas you have about the show, yes, no, maybe so, let us know how you feel, contact me via the station, contact me directly, I'd love to hear from, from all of you. 
as we always do at this point on the show, to give you the important details you need for this coming Shabbos. So, the uh, uh, earliest time for lighting candles this afternoon for the bench lifting is at 5.40. 5.40 is the earliest time we can get those candles lit, and we should. 5.40 is a long time from now. There's plenty of time, whether we're back at work or not, to get everything organized, get the family in shape, get the house, get the food, get everything ready for Shabbos Kodesh, and, and, and allow ourselves to, to open our hearts, open our minds, and allow the Kedush of Shabbos to enter as early as possible. Ah, what a privilege. What is chos for us? What is chos for the Olam? To bring Shabbos into the world as early as, as, as possible. If you can't manage to do it by 5.40, so the latest time for benching lift, and this is the latest it's going to ever get, this year is at 6.47. 6.47 is the absolute latest that we can we can light our, our Shabbos our Shabbos candles. Please, please, please consider that the absolute latest. Do not do any malacha after that time unless it's an absolute real emergency. We have to regard that time after six forty seven as being only there for real, real serious types of of, of desperate desperate situations. Right? Obviously still many communities accept Shabbos at the normal Johannesburg standard time, I'll start at, let's say, the shul at 6.15. And again, you must find out, if your community uh, says Mizmo Shili Yom Shabbos before 6.47, then you must make sure that your candles are lit by that time, because as being part of a community means that you accept Shabbos together with your with your uh, uh, community. Shkia sunset is at 7.00. Oh, five, five minutes past uh, seven, just for a few days, it gets to be seven, seven or five. And by next week already, next week already, we're, we're coming back. Next week already, things are getting earlier. We're on our way towards towards the winter. That may not feel like it in the weather, but we definitely are, are going to be going that way from from next from next uh, uh, next week. So Sechki is at seven or five, which means if you want to be able to say Krishna before you sit down, to your Su'uda. So 7.23 is, is considered to be night, and you can say Krishna then, and then you have no worries, no worries at all, and you can then make Kiddush and sit down to your beautiful, beautiful Shabbos, Shabbos Su'uda. Ah, that is close to sit with the family, with friends, and enjoy your Shabbos meal, sing some Zemiras, say some different Torah, make it a beautiful, beautiful family experience. Nothing in the world that could be, that could be better. Tomorrow, of course, is Shabbos Kodesh, Parshas Va'era. Va'era, as we know, is the Parsha where the majority of the Makas are described. Seven of the ten Makas are described in this week's in this week's Parsha. Such beautiful things, so much to talk about with the children. Engage with them, talk to them about the about the Parsha. Obviously, as in the last few weeks, you know, the kids haven't been in school. We have to be the impetus. We have to then instruct them in in uh, in, in in Parsha so that. They'll, they'll know that they can, uh, this is such an important part of our, of our, of our makeup, so such an important part of, of our amuna, of our belief systems, to know the stories, know a little bit behind them what's going on in the, in, in, in the Torah. So the Pashas Vaira, the Haftarah is the standard Haftarah for Pashas, for Pashas Vaira. 
And we have a beautiful, beautiful, long, long Shabbos, the last, the longest Shabbos of, of the year to do, to use appropriately, to use properly, spend time with family, spend time, maybe have a shlof, a bit of a, a walk maybe, and, and to spend serious time on Shabbos afternoon to sit and learn Torah. I don't understand why, why a whole afternoon can go by. And now I didn't get a chance to learn the Shabbos. We don't, don't we understand that the whole purpose of Shabbos is to sit and, and learn and learn Torah. We learned that from, from the B'nai Yisrael Mitzrayim. And my Shabbat got him a day off. What did they do on, on their day off? They didn't go to the movies. My Shabbat had scrolls that were sitting and learning Torah, and that's what kept them going during, during the whole time. So you have plenty, plenty of time to make the day something really, really special. Shabbos Kodesh ends tomorrow night at 7.39. 7.39, again, the latest, latest ending uh, uh, time. Uh, and, and then we go into another beautiful week, a week where we're starting up again with Baruch Shem. We need so much Siyata Deshma in our own lives to get things going, to get things growing. And of course, we feel and we daven and we empathize with Achena B'nai Yisrael, those on the front, those who are injured, the families of the, of the, of the, of the captives. It's, it's so much to feel, so much to, to be emotionally charged about that that should keep us in, in, in the Shvang. That should keep us in the right path of davening and learning because it's not just for ourselves, it's for the rest of the world, it's for all of the Yidden, ev- everywhere else. We're starting a new Malacha today, the Malacha of Lush, the Malacha of Kneading, which is an important part, again, of the process of, of making dough, of making bread. And, and Lush is, is yeah, we take water, we take flour, and we knead it into a into a, a dough. And uh, even when the the sort of the uh, the liquids are even frozen or, or hard, let's say you take a, a, a honey and you're mixing it with a solid or, or, or mayonnaise and mixing it or, or something like that. Still, it's forbidden to uh, uh, to uh, knead them and make from them a kind of a a, 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 a flour with them because any time that when you uh, when you need two things and the the uh, the flour and the other liquids come together into a into a dough, so that is the mlocha of of lush of kneading, and, and the same thing if you uh, uh, take water and mix it with uh, with earth in order to make uh, bricks or or to maybe. Uh, you know, stop up or fix up a, a hole in, in the wall, you already violate the Isra of, of Lisha on, on, uh, on, uh, on Shabbos. Right? Even doing part of the process of Lisha is also forbidden. And therefore, it would be forbidden, let's say, to pour water on flour. Right? Or, or even after, let's say, you already finished the 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 kneading of the dough, it would be forbidden to to uh, uh, you know to kind of to form it into a final form. That's also part of of of, of lisha. Now, through kneading, you're taking two things that were separate, and you're now creating from that something uh, 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 new. With, with different qualities and, and, and different sort of look that it never had. You, t- you, take, you took two disparate materials and you now mix them together 
into one into one entity, right? And you know, when you had the flower by itself and the water by itself, so then the nothing was going to rise, and you couldn't bake them. And it's only after that you needed to get the flour and the water. Now it's possible to make uh, bread, to make to make uh, cakes, etc., etc. Et right? Uh, uh, you know, while while the uh, while the uh, earth, the dust was by itself and the water was by itself. So again, you couldn't uh, use them for building. And it's only after you've put them together, now you're able to make from them some 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 bricks and maybe to close some up some holes. Now, as far as the Torah is concerned, the prohibition of kneading of Lisha is only when you when the result is a thick kind of, of, of dough. However, Achachamim added on and forbade also to make even a, a softer, more, more sort of a, 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 a more liquid kind of dough, as, as we will, please God, explain. But if the amount of one material is so small that uh, basically uh, what you're left with is something literally liquid, where there's no dough created, but just the, the, the liquids basically remain as they were liquids. So there, there's no prohibition of, of, of Lisha. Therefore, I'm allowed to, let's say, take uh, uh, some hot water and mix it with a spoonful of sugar and, and, some, and some coffee and mix that in water because it remains an absolute liquid, Right? Or I can make, let's say, uh, a baby food. I can make a, a, a materna by, by mixing the, the powder with, with water. Because since the, the powder doesn't make the water into a, a dough, but they remain virtually a liquid as they were before, to the point where it's almost possible to, to drink them from the bottle. So that is not the isser of, of, uh, of, of Lisha. Okay, we're going to come back with a few last comments. This is 11.9 Chai FM. The program is Soul to Soul, and this is the greatest Jewish radio station in all of Africa. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 Chai FM. This is Soul to Soul. Back on your radio. Hey, Shabbos, Kurdish, Pashas, Voira, Tav, Shin, Peidala. Just a few more moments together. We are talking the Malacha of Lash, the Malacha of Needing. And as we already spoke before, the prohibition of Needing a Del, as far as the Torah is concerned, is where I make from the two components a thick dough. That through that, the two different ingredients gather into one glump, into one uh, uh, clump, which is uh, inseparable. And if you would sort of leave it in, in, in a plate, it would sort of remain where it is and not spread at all. That, midoraisa is a dough. But when I make a soft dough, a gruel kind of dough, which you could sort of pour from one cleat to another. So if I'm going to leave that in a plate, it's just going to spread and spread over the, over the sides. So there, the, that's not, not a violation of the total prohibition of, of kneading, but that's because, because the, there is no, you didn't really uh, do an action of, 
of kneading in order to create that kind of a, 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 a sort of a soft dough, but it's only you've kind of stirred it. But since we worry that maybe you might make a mistake and from that make it into a thicker dough or, or, or realize that, oh, if I can, I can stir then maybe I can knead and then I'll violate the Isatayra. So the Chachomim built a fence around it, as they do in so many areas, and they forbade us to even make a kind of a, a semi-solid, a, a gruel type of type of dough. But if it's done in an unusual way, a Chazal allowed us to make a soft dough, because by doing it in an unusual way, so we'll remember the fact that we're doing something that basically is forbidden, and we'll be careful not to make a thick dough, which because we're now aware of, of what we're doing. Now, what constitutes doing something in an unusual way? So often it's in the order of, of, of sort of putting in the ingredients. If normally we put, let's say, the, 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 the dry ingredient first and then pour on it the liquid, so then we do it the reverse. First put the liquid and then pour upon them the, 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 the powder, the solids. Or if normally the way we do it is we first put the liquid in and then pour on them the solid and again, uh, we turn it around and we put first the, the, the solids and then add the liquids to it. In such a way, so uh, you're going to pour all the liquid in at one time so that this, you don't even have a situation where even for a moment at the beginning there is a, a thick dough being, being, uh, being, being created. And then afterwards when you get to the stirring of, of, of the mixture, so some say that again, there you don't need, some say you don't need to change anything in the stirring, but just don't do it with such strength like you would do it on, on the weekday. Others are machmir, that we have to do something unusual also in the, in the stirring. For instance, normally we sort of move the spoon round and round. Rather do it in straight, in straight lines or, 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 or something. Or do it with your, with your finger. <clears throat> or let's say uh, just shake the, the, the dish or something, or something like that. Or pour the dough from one dish to another dish. And that way it will get all mix, mixed up. And, and certainly one should take into account the opinion of the stricter Poiskim and make some kind of a, a, a deviation, some kind of a change in not only in the way we put in the ingredients, but also in the way we, we stir it. Lots more to say, but there's no more time. Just enough seconds to wish you a beautiful, beautiful Shabbos. Shabbos of Kedusha, Shabbos of Benucha, Shabbos where we're able to find ourselves and get back into a relationship with our Kaddish Baruch. To all of our radio family, a good Shabbos. Shabbos Shalom.